Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. It is a fascinating, fascinating weekend coming up. We've got a whole nother day tomorrow to break it down, too. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. You've got Mahomes against Burrow in one game, and then you've got Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts in the other game. You know, Canty, you look at these two matchups, and you have the quarterbacks that we do, and all four of these guys— have an awful lot to gain from victories this weekend outside of just getting to the Super Bowl. Yeah. For Patrick Mahomes, it's establishing who he is. And this year is truly the first year, last couple of weeks really, that when we talk about the best quarterbacks in the game right now, that there's somebody else whose name is actually brought up. Yeah. And and listen, you can talk about Aaron Rodgers all you want. Universally, we'd all say – that over the last several years, Patrick Mahomes has established himself as the best quarterback in the game. Yeah, he's the standard. Joe Burrow's the first guy that I really believe is actually pushing that right now. Yeah. Because if he wins this weekend, to me, it's a whole nother discussion. At least now, we're having a discussion where there wasn't one before. Now, if Mahomes loses again to Burrow... That narrative about Patrick Mahomes changes a little bit. Just a little bit, but let's keep in mind. Pat four Mahomes, in a row. Yeah, four, four in a row. row, but Pat Mahomes is hosting his fifth straight conference championship game. He's been to two Super Bowls and won one of them, and he's got an MVP, probably about to get another one in the trophy case. So, I mean, he's still the pace car in terms of the standard for NFL quarterbacking. But Joe Burrow is right there. Carlin, we had this conversation earlier in the week. If we're doing quarterback tiers, tier one is Pat Mahomes and Joe Burrow, and that's the list. Mm -hmm. Those guys are in a room separate and apart from anybody else. And so I love the fact that we get to see this matchup, and it feels like a rivalry even though it's been one-sided just because the Chiefs have been the team out of the two to have the high-end success. The Chiefs have been the ones that got to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl. The Bengals did not. They got beat up by the L.A. Rams last year. Now, if they get to the Super Bowl and win it this year, I think we start to have a different conversation in terms of who's wearing the crown as the best quarterback in the NFL definitively. But I also think that that conversation starts to get a little bit louder if the Bengals best the Chiefs and fall short in the Super Bowl. So I just this is one of those games where you look at it and you say, Joe Burrow is building a case that he's a better quarterback than Pat Mahomes because Joe Burrow would have beat Pat Mahomes four consecutive times over a span of two years. So with that being said, for Burrow, we know he's going to get paid a ridiculous amount of money. Sure. What is the biggest thing that he has to gain out of this? If you win a Super Bowl, is it just simply? Well, you got to get a ring. Yeah. Like you got to get a ring. Like That's what it's all about. I mean, we judge. So if he beats we Mahomes. Judge quarter, Carlin, we judge quarterbacks like we judge NBA players. It's about the rings. Like, it's hard to be considered amongst the greatest to ever do it without the ring count. 
Like Aaron Rodgers, for as great so as he is. So if he beats is, Mahomes this weekend and loses in the Super Bowl, he's not better. Listen, for as great as Aaron Rodgers is, he won't be revered like Peyton Manning is because Peyton Manning has got five MVPs and he's got two Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. That's just what it is. I mean, rings matter. Tom Brady, you think anybody's ever going to look at Aaron Rodgers and say, hey, Aaron Rodgers the greatest quarterback of all time? No, even though Aaron Rodgers debatably might be the most skilled quarterback of all time. I think that's fair. That's where we're at. But, but Carlin, that doesn't matter if you don't have the ring. So the Mm -hmm. ring matters for Joe Burrow. There's a hell of a lot for him to be gained in the next few weeks. What you're hitting me with sounds like what Dan was talking about the other day, that, you know, Mahomes is the best – Skilled quarterback in the no, game no, no, right no, no, no. now. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I'm not going. I'm not going to differentiate that way. No, no, no. If you're the best quarterback in the game, chances are you're the best player in the National Football League. Pat Mahomes is the best player in the NFL. He's the best quarterback in the NFL. All right. Flip side, Jalen Hurts. In terms of what to gain, this is this is it right here to me. This week and the Super Bowl. This is establishing that what happened this season was no fluke. That he's not a system quarterback that he is the dynamic player that you and I know he is, as opposed to people who are just still not quite buying in quite yet. I am surprised that Jalen Hurts really this year, and especially the last couple of weeks, polarizing, I don't know if it's the right word, but people, their opinions definitely vary on what he is. And I feel like if he goes out there and plays great football, against an awesome 49er defense, that's going to go a really long way for establishing his place in the game. Well, here's the deal, Carlin. It's not conventional, right? Anytime you have something that defies convention, people are not going to be quick to give that person their flowers. When it comes to Jalen Hurts, we can't quantify his impact on his team winning like we do with a lot of traditional quarterbacks. Like, he's not going to throw for 5,000 yards and 40-plus touchdowns. That's not what he does. And quite frankly, that's not how their system is set up. He's a great runner, Carlin. One of the best runners in the entire National Football League, regardless of position. Jalen Hurts ran for 67 first downs this season. That was third best in the NFL behind Nick Chubb and behind Josh Jacobs. Both of those running backs were all pro. So that's how good of a runner Jalen Hurts is. But he's also an all pro at quarterback, too. Think about that for a second. It's hard to wrap our minds around just how good this dude is because it doesn't look like Pat Mahomes. It doesn't look like Joe Burrow. It doesn't look like Justin Herbert. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't have the same impact on his team winning. Hell, when Jalen Hurts starts games, the Eagles are 15-1, Carlin. 15-1. Best mark in the National Football League. There's a reason why this team is where they're at. But I think conference championship weekend, and if they're fortunate enough to make it the Super Bowl, we'll have an opportunity to see the greatness of Jalen Hurts on display. And I think that will be enough to change the hearts and minds of a lot of people. People like Bart Scott, people like Amber Wilson, her show with Joe Fortenbaugh follows ours. They don't believe that Jalen Hurts is a superstar. But when you're at your best, when you display your competitive greatness, and that's what it is, being at your best when your best is required, on the biggest stage that the game has to offer, if he comes out on the right side of these next two ball games, if he plays two more games... Carlin, it would be undeniable. Like Rob Ninkovich said when he was on our show earlier today, all of a sudden, you got to start having a conversation not only with Pat Mahomes and Joe Burrow, but with Jalen Hurts as well. Chris, when it comes to the guy on the other side with San Francisco, Brock Purdy has an awful lot to gain 
but he also could have even more to lose mm. than any of the three. Because, and I think it's unfair. I think he has already shown, with everything he has done this year, that he should be the guy next year. But if he goes out there and has a bad game against the Eagles, does that wipe out everything he's done in these six, seven games? Does it completely change what the 49ers' plans are? Does he now go back and he's basically a backup if he doesn't play well next year? Well, I don't think he's automatic. Backup next year if he doesn't play well I don't think he's automatically relegated to backup status if he doesn't win on Sunday. I think if they fall short against the Eagles, then it's a true quarterback competition in training camp. And I think Brock Purdy starts as QB1. Now, could Trey Lance show some things that make the organization decide that they want to go that route? It's possible. But I also think it was very telling a couple weeks ago when Trey Lance on social media gave a shout-out to Rand Carthen, who was in their personnel department, who just took the GM job with the Tennessee Titans, and he had the fingers crossed emojis. Mm-hmm. I, I think that is reflective of how everybody in the organization, everybody that's in the building feels about Brock Purdy. So maybe it's already Brock Purdy's team, and this is just speculation and fodder for the media and for the fan base. But if they do fall short in the conference championship game, the questions about Brock Purdy will be front and center, and they'll be focused on whether or not there's a clear opportunity for San Francisco to upgrade at the quarterback position because the roster is so complete. And that's not fair. And I know we talk about fair and what fair and what's not. Yeah, fair is a place they judge pigs at. But I, I'm sorry. Brock Purdy's done more than enough. More than enough to have this job next year. And if you're the 49ers, I, I get it. Trey Lance is incredibly talented, and you did an awful lot to go get him. But you fell into this situation because of that injury to him. Yeah. And I would, Similarly to what the, the New England Patriots fell into in 2001. Exactly. I mean, listen, they paid Drew Bledsoe a boatload of money. Mm-hmm. He got hurt against the New York Jets. In comes this kid named Tom Brady, and the rest is history. I mean, you fell into it. They paid Drew Bledsoe $100 million, so a significant investment from a franchise standpoint, and they pivoted to Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not outside of the realm of possibility that that could happen with Brock Purdy. Well, that's why they should but be I think it, to do But it. I think it becomes clear when your quarterback wins at the highest level of the sport. When If he falls short in the conference championship game, I think that muddies the waters a bit. It, it, it only muddies the waters a hair if he just has an absolutely atrocious game. Which is possible against this Eagles defense. It's possible. But we keep saying that week after week, and it doesn't seem to happen. Well, has he played a defense like the Eagles this year? He hasn't played a defense at that level yet. No. And look, the Eagles had 70 sacks this year? 70. Yeah. So there's no doubt there's going to be a ton of actual pressure on him this week. Yeah. 70 70 sacks, Carlin, but also 27 takeaways. Mm -hmm. They're fifth in takeaways. Look, this is what he has done well. He has not given the football away. Yeah. And that's the biggest factor. So for me... Just the fact that the 49ers are here after Lance went down, after Garoppolo went down, doesn't that do enough for you to say, you know what? The kid's pretty good. He beat, he's won two playoff games. He's gotten us to the NFC Championship game when, when Garoppolo went down, we basically thought we were toast. We might make the playoffs, but we weren't going to do much with it. And the guy has done nothing but play brilliantly. And that's why I can't all of a sudden throw him into a competition 
with, granted, somebody that you traded a lot for, but somebody that has not played a lot of football in the last five years. He has not played much football at all in the last five years. I'm not going to make him compete. I'm moving on from that guy. Job's yours, kid. Go have at it. I, I hear you, Carlin, and I'm with you. I would just say this. When you look at the win streak since Brock Purdy has been the starter, it's not exactly a who's who in terms of NFL juggernauts. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Seattle Seahawks, the Commanders, the Vegas Raiders, the Arizona Cardinals, Seattle again. They beat them three straight times this season. And then you beat the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys I will give you credit for. That's about it, Carlin. Mm -hmm. So I think this step up in class will be a little bit of a litmus test for what Brock Purdy is in terms of the 49ers quarterback future. Just to consider what this story is for a moment, listen to Kyle Shanahan talk about what their initial plans with Brock Purdy were were, were this year. He was pretty good in, in those times. You know, we weren't when you get a quarterback where we did and you already have two guys I mean, in an ideal world you're hoping to keep that guy on the practice squad um, but he was looking so good in his reps in practice that eventually we let him go in the game and then he looked that way in the game so uh, we thought it would be way too much of a risk to lose him so that's why we ended up having to make the decision we, we did which isn't always fun for overall roster but I'm sure glad that we did it in other words not keeping him on the practice squad so he could go sign somewhere else. Yeah, that's not going to happen. But here's the deal, Carlin. The 49ers are in the catbird seat. Trey Lance is going into his third year. Brock Purdy is going into his second year. You're paying next to nothing for your quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with keeping both of them? What's wrong with keeping both of them? Look, what's wrong with keeping both of them is if you have the answer already, why are you going to have the other guy hang around and make it a thing. Because that's that's what you're doing. Yeah. You're inviting it to be a problem. For the first time that Brock Purdy goes out there and has a bad game next year when you've handed him the job. Well, here's the thing. Let's give credit to Kyle Shanahan for managing these types of situations because he just did the same thing uh, this offseason with Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. Uh, okay. Jimmy was a quarterback that took him to the Super Bowl. Jimmy took him to the conference championship last year, and Trey Lance was handed the job at the beginning of this year. Trey Lance got hurt. Jimmy stepped in, didn't miss a beat. He managed that quarterback dynamic. He managed that room. And that's where coaching matters. All right, but how was he able to manage it? They were they were trying to get rid of Garoppolo. There wasn't a place that would have been better for Jimmy to go to where than being a backup with the 49ers at a cut number. Like that wasn't necessarily managing it. it was that was, was man, that absolutely it was, it was, was managing it. It was better for what was it was what was for best for it Jimmy. Was, it was absolutely managing it. All the uncertainty with the quarterback position and it didn't affect Affect the quarterback play? Stop yourself. Jimmy was off, not even allowed in the building for Pete's sake. And Jimmy stepped in and did admirably. Jimmy played yeah. well. That's because of Jimmy. That's not because of how they managed Come it. on, man. Give the head coach some credit. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. Now, we do have to get to this because it's very interesting. The X Factors. I always love the X Factors. So if you're looking at the two championship games, let us each give an X Factor For each team in the championship games this weekend, X-Factors cannot be obvious. Mm. X-Factors cannot be quarterbacks. Mm. X-Factors cannot be star-wide receivers. Mm. Canty, what is the X-Factor for the San Francisco 49ers this week? The X-Factor for the San Francisco 49ers, Carlin? It's... uh, You're not going to like this answer. 
You're not going to like this answer. But the X factor for the 49ers has to be Drake Greenlaw. And I get it. He's a star it's linebacker okay for answer. No. I, I, here's the, it's okay. Here's, here's the reason why. He's going to be the guy that's put in constant conflict with the RPOs that the Philadelphia Eagles run, the run-fit responsibilities, but then those in-breaking routes in the intermediate zones. He's going to be in constant conflict all game long in terms of how to play that. And, oh, yeah, by the way, potentially having to spy on Jalen Hurts. Dre Greenlaw is going to have to be an X-Factor. He's going to have to play the best game of his life in order for the San Francisco 49ers to neutralize Jalen Hurts, not only as the head of the snake with the passing game, but also as a focal point of the run game. Chris, the X-Factor of the San Francisco 49ers will be Charvarius Ward. Okay. And the reason is who he's going to be contending with. Okay. He's going to be dealing with A.J. Brown. He's going to be dealing with Devontae Smith. And that's a lot to be dealing with in this situation. Yes. And I actually like the Dre Greenlaw pick. I don't think that's bad at all. I would say that when Hertz is throwing the football down the field, those guys have been so good and so dynamic they're going to be going after Ward. Ward's gotten picked on a little bit. So I think Ward is going to have his chance to make a couple of plays in this game. He is the X Factor. X Factor for the Philadelphia Eagles, go. The X Factor for the Eagles is going to have to be Dallas Goddard. It's going to have to be Dallas like Goddard. That? There are going to be opportunities in the seams against San Francisco's cover three scheme. We saw Dalton Schultz be able to have opportunities to impact the passing game. There were a couple situations where you had tight ends and slot receivers running scot-free for the Dallas Cowboys in the 49ers secondary. Dallas Goddard can be a guy that can exploit those holes in that San Francisco zone. Again, a cover three scheme is based on being able to have a lot of guys in proximity to the lot of scrimmage, eight-man fronts. Dallas Goddard has got to take advantage of the opportunities in those deep middle zones. Is it unfair to call Brandon Graham an X-Factor? No. Brandon Brandon Graham's going to be an X-Factor. And the reason why I ask is, is it unfair? It's because the Eagles have sacked the quarterback 70 times, and their starters up front all have double-digit sacks. Wow. Think about that for a minute. It's absurd. But Brandon Graham is a guy that, as an older guy, you wouldn't expect to be as productive as he has. But, Chris, he's somebody that may not get as much attention from the 49ers offensive line. There may be opportunities there for him. And he can wreck a game. We've seen it in a Super Bowl, for Pete's sake. Uh, X-Factor for the Kansas City Chiefs, go. The X-Factor for the Kansas City Chiefs is Isaiah Pacheco. Yep. And listen, man, this guy has got to have his imprints all over this game. Pat Mahomes is hobbled with a high ankle injury. You're going to have to lean on the running game. And this guy is tough when it comes to running in between the tackles. But he has the speed to break home runs. Carlin, I think it's got to be a heavy dose of number 10 in the run game. And it's not just the production in terms of yards. It's also the number of attempts. Isaiah Pacheco needs to be north of 20 rush attempts. And the Kansas City Chiefs need to be north of 30 team rush attempts in order to get out of here with the win and go to the Super Bowl. In their games this season, the Cincinnati Bengals are 2-3 and three when the opponents rush for 27 times or more. Mm-hmm. This has got to be a heavy Isaiah Pacheco game. He's the X-Factor for the Chiefs. X-Factor for the Chiefs will be Creed Humphrey in the interior of that offensive line because of Isaiah Pacheco and because pressure right up the middle in the face of the quarterback is always the biggest problem. And Patrick Mahomes is not going to have as much mobility. I think you just have to count on that as he usually does. 
So I have to put that squarely on the interior offensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs. X-Factor Cincinnati Bengals go. Joe Mixon, he's not going to be as a runner. It's going to be as a receiver out of the backfield. If you look at the Chiefs defense, they've given up the most receptions to opposing running backs, the fourth most yards. Joe Mixon is an excellent receiver out of the backfield. So is Samaj P. Ryan. Both of those guys are going to have to have an impact as receivers. I don't think that the offensive line is going to be able to move the front seven of the Chiefs, so use the short passing game as an extension of the run game. Von Bell. Von Bell. You know what the Bengals have done very well the last two postseasons? Forced turnovers. Turnovers, yeah. Twelve of them in the last two postseasons combined. Canty, that's fantastic. And so that has been a huge key to their success. It's something that people don't pay as much attention to because of Joe Burrow. But there's no question in my mind that a guy like Von Bell uh, chasing down the ball in the secondary can absolutely be the X factor. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Mike McCarthy speaks rather cryptically about the future of one of his key cogs on the offense. You'll hear from you'll hear that coming up. Plus, we've got our picks in the ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge off a four and O week. So yeah, you should pay attention. Canty and Carla, ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. So, just so we're clear, we're in this thing to win this thing, right? I'm not here to finish second. Yeah, if you're not first, you're last. That's what Ricky Bobby said. Exactly. Do we have the picks from Fitz and Harry today? See, we don't. I don't believe that they picked today. Stash, is that accurate? I don't believe that they picked today. I believe the rest, I believe we're the first ones to pick. No, Greeny picked today. Greeny picked today. Greeny picked today? Greeny did pick today. Do we know who Greeny picked? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Greeny is in the rear view mirror. Greeny doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. I'm just saying we would have to win all three games in order to beat Fitz and Harry. Right. And so that's why I would want to know who they picked. So Greeny took San Francisco. Plus okay. two and a half. Right. And took Kansas City minus one. Okay. Fitz and Harry did not pick yet. So we are doing this a little bit blind. Yeah. I mean, I guess we have to do it blind. I don't like it because 
I mean, I, I, I my, say my instincts. Just, hey, my instincts would tell me to go the other way that they would go based on what they would do. Agreed. But let's just make our picks and we'll go from there. You do you, boo. Let's go. I'm uncomfortable when you call me boo and you look me in my eyes. Very uncomfortable when that happens. Game one, 49ers in Philadelphia, Eagles minus two and a half. I have a feeling we both feel the same way about this game, and it is the Philadelphia Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. Yeah, I'm going to roll with 92% of America, or maybe not 92% of America, but 92% of the cash ATS in this game Mm. is on the Philadelphia Eagles, and for great reason. Both of these two teams are evenly matched in terms of personnel. They both have six all-pros. The Eagles have eight pro bowlers to the 49ers, six pro bowlers. But the biggest difference in this game has to be the quarterback disparity, right? Mm -hmm. The Eagles have an all-pro quarterback, and the 49ers have a rookie. There's a day rest disparity or rest advantage for the Philadelphia Eagles. They're at home, and the 49ers have to travel. Give me the Eagles. I'll lay the two and a half points. I'm glad it's on the right side of three. I feel good about that. So, yeah, I'm taking the Eagles, and I'll sleep well tonight. As will I. I'm with you. Three. We have to go two and a half. We have to go Eagles laying the points here. And yeah. here, here's the other thing. The Eagles have been the best team all season long. Yeah. And I don't expect that to change on Sunday. I, I do believe that Philadelphia overall, while the 49ers may have the most dominant unit, the Eagles are right there defensively. And they have what I think is one of the great offensive lines of all time. And I was going to say that. You said the 49ers had the most dominant unit. I will say the Eagles have the most dominant position group of anybody remaining in the playoffs. That's defensive line? The offensive line. The offensive line, yes. The offensive line, yeah. Well, with 70 sacks, the defense wasn't too bad either. Pretty damn good, too. (laughs) All right, the pick for Canty and Carlin, Eagles, minus two and a half. Game two, AFC Championship, Cincinnati in Kansas City. Now, you might listen to Canty all week long and think he's on the Bengals. Not so fast, as the great Lee Corso would say. Yeah, I'm with the Kansas City Chiefs on this one, and I get it. The best indicator of future performance is past performance, and Joey B and the Bengals have beat the Kansas City Chiefs head-to-head three straight times over the last calendar year. I just don't think it's going down like that this time around. Lou Anarumo has done a masterful job of being able to mix and match coverages, But I think Kansas City has discovered something in their run game with the physicality of their offensive line to go along with the physicality of Isaiah Pacheco. That's going to ultimately end up being the difference in this game. Chunk plays in play-action passing, but it's all set up by the run game. And I will say this, watch out for the Chiefs' defensive line putting Joe Burrow under siege. That defensive line, 10 quarterback hits minimum on Joe Burrow and that porous offensive line. I'm with you. I, I believe in everything that you're saying, and I do think this is where you really sold me this week, that the offensive line for Cincinnati would have problems this week. So yeah. I'm going to agree with that, and I'm also going to ride with my guy Pop, Isaiah Pacheco, in this game. Can I say something real quick about that Chiefs defensive line? Yeah. We know there were second in sacks this year. They contacted the quarterback 198 times, the most in the NFL. Wow. The most in the NFL. Carlin, 241 quarterback pressures. Second most in the NFL. Just going to put that Woo! out there. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, those are your picks. Chiefs minus one, Eagles 
minus two and a half in the ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge. Canty, what do we do? We make people money. We're going to do that, and you're going to hear from Mike McCarthy in just moments. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Oh, yes, my friends. Oh, yes. You know what we did last night? We won last night. That's right. We put together a little bit of a winner for you with our parlay on the play of the night. So let's not make you wait anymore. That was plus 700, by the way, if you did not jump on board. We were scary as hell with those Clay Thompson assist numbers, right? But we got It was Clay Thompson over two and a half assists. He had three. God bless you, Clay. The last time I checked, three is more than two and a half. That is absolutely right. Time to earn some cash. The taste of money. The smell of wealth. Canty and Carlin's best play of the night. The taste of money. Uh, as we noted earlier on, on many of these ESPN radio stations coming up, we've got the Knicks and the Celtics in Boston. Uh, we don't love the game itself. Eight and a half points, meaning betting on the outcome of the game. Yeah. Eight and a half points. Celtics are favored by over under 221 and a half. But we do have three props we're tying together that we like a lot. Julius Randle, we are going to fade tonight. Fade Julius Randle. Heavy. Two, uh, 25 and a half, we're going under. 25 and a half points, Julius Randle. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon for the Celtics, over 14.5 points. Love that. Not exactly the best defensive backcourt for the Knicks. And then finally, rebounds, Jericho Sims for the Knicks. We we are reaching, but I love it. Over 7.5. Well, somebody's got to battle Time Lord for those boards, doesn't it? I agree. Yeah. So that is, once again, Brogdon over 14.5 points. Randall under 25.5 points. Jericho Sims over 7.5 rebounds. Plus 675. Love that. That is over on Caesars Sportsbook. Sometimes it's the worst. Worst. Sometimes it's the best. Best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is... Three and out. Okay, in case you missed it earlier, Mike McCarthy speaking this afternoon on the future of Kellen Moore, his offensive coordinator. I really don't want to play this game, you know, today. Um, um, it's been a long couple of days. So, um, we, Kellen Moore, and just like the rest of the coaches, will be evaluated. You know, every coach will be evaluated. So, um, the evaluation just, you know, it, it takes more one day. Will you be evaluated? It doesn't sound like it. I mean, Jerry Jones says he wants him to coach as long as Tom Landry did for the Dallas Cowboys, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But here's the one thing I will say, Carlin. It didn't take you all that long to evaluate all the coaches that you happily showed the door to. No, it didn't. There were five coaches whose contracts expired and they wanted to come back and the Cowboys didn't offer them another contract. So they, in effect, were fired by the Dallas Cowboys. Kellen Moore 
is scheduled to meet with Mike McCarthy tomorrow. Why does it take so long to decide what you want to do with the offensive coordinator spot? You know that Dan Quinn is going to be back. Dan Quinn said he wanted to be back. Guess what? The Cowboys were like, we're, we're waiting on Dan Quinn, and we're respectful of the time that he needs to make his decision. It wasn't Dan Quinn needs to be evaluated. He said all the coaches need to be evaluated. There wasn't a whole lot of evaluation going on with Dan Quinn. You know why? Because Dan Quinn's unit wasn't a damn problem. It was the offensive side of the ball, and namely the turnovers with the quarterback. Now, you can scapegoat Kellen Moore if you want to. Last time I checked... The offensive side of the ball, that was Mike McCarthy's area of expertise. Just putting it out there. I cannot put it any better than you just did. Once again, you have crystallized my thoughts. Here's the thing, Carlin. How can you fire half the staff, in effect, Mm -hmm. and the head coach is 100% certainty that he's going to be back? How does that make sense? It doesn't. It doesn't. And it's silly. It's absolutely silly. Speaking of silly... I was so disappointed to find out that the Uber Eats food delivery that happened last night at the Loyola Chicago Duquesne game turns out was a prank. It was put on by somebody who is in the crowd and was trying to uh, go viral as the guy with the Uber Eats bag, in case you missed it, went on to the floor. This is what it sounded like uh, in the broadcast. And we've got an official's timeout. Somebody came on the floor on the far side looking for an Uber Eats delivery or something there. He's carrying some McDonald's. Oh, this has to be one of the all-time uh, I'm greats. actually not kidding. No, I, no, I this think, is the I truth. I think that's what's happening. <laughs> this guy's in the corner. looked like he maybe, – was he going to deliver the, the McDonald's to somebody on the court? <laughs> Duquesne put out a statement saying that, you know, somebody had done it and they didn't love it because it's – you know, obviously jeopardizing safety, which no I agree with. But I have to tell you, like, I'm doing this game Saturday, Alabama at Oklahoma. I'm like, they're going to deliver to me courtside. I was kind of thinking about maybe ordering yeah, them up. But, I mean, it had to be a prank, though, right, Carlin? It yes. absolutely how, how many Uber Eats to the, to the arena? Like, you got to buy a ticket to get into the arena. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Well, I mean, maybe you build that into the tip. That's all. Wow. Okay. I was hoping. I was it's just ridiculous. hoping. It's I was hoping that this was the work of a visionary. Yeah. That's all. And it turns out it was a prank. Thanks for ruining everything. Be, I believe it in. would be kind of cool though. Like at open air stadiums, if you had the drone delivery from Uber <laughs> Eats, how great would that, that would be? be? That would be awesome. NFL owners ain't going for that. though. No chance. They need those concessions. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally. The owner of Madison Square Garden, James Dolan, went on Fox 5 in New York today and defended the use of facial recognition to ban entry. They have kept some lawyers out of coming to events at the Garden with facial recognition at all of their gates. These lawyers are guys who are currently suing them. I don't think it's just lawyers. I think it's people who are seen as, quote, enemies of the state. Yeah. I have said some not-so-flattering things. I'm going to the Garden a week from Saturday. Good luck with that. I hope I get detained. Good luck in my Liam Neeson voice. (laughs) The the question that everybody wants to know, is Charles Oakley's face on the facial recognition (laughs) band? That's the question that everybody wants to ask. Can Charles Oakley get into the Garden when they scan his face with the facial recognition software? It it has to be on there, right? I'm just saying. That's what everybody wants to know. Yeah, I mean, you know, James Zoll went on there and described it as, well, look— when I came in the studio today, you knew it was me, right? See? Facial recognition. 
He actually said it like that. You know what it made me think of? Uh, Robert De Niro in Meet the Parents. I have nipples, too. Can you milk me, Greg? Listen, <laughs> is James Dolan the most disliked owner in New York sports? I don't think there's any doubt. <laughs> I mean, there's there's not a 1A. There ain't a 2. There ain't a 3 on the list. <laughs> Listen, uh, you know, he's going to do what he's going to do. It's his team. But as somebody once said to me, never ask a rich man's son for advice. Great point. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can watch and listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.